the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You ever stop to consider why certain things are so addictive, from drugs to sex? We have a propensity towards sin. and We have a propensity to live it out and act it out to the point that we can't control ourselves. Hence the need for self-control. Welcome to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely, who today returns us to 1 Corinthians chapter 5, once again, as we focus in on God's discipline. And there is so much of God's discipline that is required because of our sinful nature. That is what we are exploring today. We would invite you to spend some time with us today as we grow in grace. From Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, here's Pastor Leighton Sheely with today's broadcast of study verse by verse. You know, it's remarkable how creative people can get in excusing their own sinful behavior, even Christians. The scriptures tell us that the heart is deceitful above all else. We can deceive ourselves. We can talk ourselves into thinking that we're doing something right when we're doing something wrong. Here are some of the uh, deceptions, self-deceptions that we have heard over the years. You may have heard them also. Uh, My spouse is not fulfilling my desires or needs, and I'm entitled to satisfaction. So I'll go somewhere else. Well, if I don't satisfy that person, they'll look for it elsewhere, and they might get someone bad, and I'm good, so it might as well be me. My spouse has been unfaithful. That entitles me to a free pass. No, your spouse will stand before God for what they did, and you will stand before God for what you do. The other person is married, but if it wasn't for the kids, they wouldn't be married. That means they're only married on paper, which means they're not really married, so it's okay. No, unless there is a certificate of divorce where the process has been completed, if it's on paper, they're still married. Well, God knows how bad I need this, and He is a forgiving God. He won't mind, and besides, I'm not hurting anyone. Hey, it's just a biological function, like eating or drinking. It's no big deal. Or this one, Jesus never taught abstinence. Now, if somebody came to you and said, Jesus never taught abstinence, how would you answer that? Do you know where to go? Did he teach abstinence? Let's turn in our Bibles to Matthew chapter 19. So if somebody ever asks us that question, we're equipped to be able to point them to the Scripture that answers that question. Did Jesus ever really teach abstinence outside of marriage? Matthew chapter 19, verse 3 and following. Some Pharisees came to him, Jesus, to test him. They asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? Haven't you read, Jesus replied, that at the beginning the Creator made them male and female, and said, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined together, let no one separate. Matthew 19. Why then, they asked, did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? Jesus replied, Moses permitted you 
to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard. But it was not this way from the beginning. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another woman commits adultery. Later, the disciple said to him, if this is the situation between a husband and wife, it's better not to marry. In other words, if you get married and there's no way out of marriage except this, marriage except this one little exception, then it's better not to marry, just shack up and play house. That's what the disciples were suggesting. Now listen to Jesus' reply. Verse 11. Jesus replied, Not everyone can accept this word, but only those to whom it has been given. For there are eunuchs who are born that way, there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by others, and there are those who choose to live like eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. The one who can accept this should accept it. So you notice how Jesus brackets his answer with the one who can accept this should accept it. What does he mean by that? Why did Jesus bracket his answer with this qualification? If you receive Jesus as just another person, then his opinion is just the opinion of another person. And you can choose to take it or leave it. But if you accept Jesus as God's Son, your Savior and Lord, then his opinion is in an entirely different category, and you need to be obedient to his opinion. That's why Jesus bracketed his answer. What was his answer? For there are eunuchs that were born that way. There are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs, and there are those who choose to live like eunuchs. What is a eunuch? Someone who abstains from sex. So the question is asked in, in the context of marriage and divorce to Jesus in an attempt to trap him and test him. He gives the answer that there's only one reason to leave a marriage. And the disciples came to him and said, listen, if that's the case and you're stuck in a marriage, it's better not to get married, just shack up and live together. To which Jesus responds, well, let me give you your options. You can get married and stay married, or you can live like a eunuch. Not necessarily popular, but it's clear. Now, let's move back into 1 Corinthians. Now you know, if someone comes to you with that question, you know where to point to in the Bible and say, Matthew chapter 19 gives the answer to that question. All right, we're back in 1 Corinthians. We're in chapter 5. We're starting at uh, verse 9 and following in this section that wraps up this chapter. Paul divides his thoughts into three points. The first point is him describing what he does not mean by a statement that he made in an earlier letter that was taken out of context or was misread. In chapter 11, he says what he did mean, and in, I mean, in verse 11 and then in, the, in verses 12 and 13, he gives the reasons for those first two points, and then he concludes with the imperative to remove the man from fellowship. Verse 9, I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with the sexually immoral people. In my letter is a reference to an earlier letter that was written to this church at Corinth that we have no copy of. So we call this that we're reading 1 Corinthians, but there was really a first 1 Corinthians. There was another letter that we don't have. Now, why don't we have that letter? Well, the scholars have suggested several reasons for us not having that letter, but let's suffice it to say that we don't have that letter because the Holy Spirit chose not to save it for us and deliver it to us. Now, it could have been that that letter was indeed inspired by the Holy Spirit, but it was only intended for that original audience. It wasn't intended for us. 
And for that reason, the Holy Spirit didn't preserve it and distribute it to us. Or it may have also been possible that that letter really wasn't written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and therefore would not be included in Scripture. We don't exactly know why we don't have that letter, but we do know that the Holy Spirit chose not to preserve that letter and provide it for us. But we know that Paul wrote an earlier letter, and it was instructional in nature, and that one of of his instructions at least had been intentionally or unintentionally misunderstood or twisted by church leaders. Now, the words associated with here is a compound word in the original language. It means to keep close association or close company with someone. And uh, so if after following the discipline pattern that is provided for us in Matthew chapter 18, we discussed that last week, if a believer refuses to confess and repent of their sin, they are to be put out of fellowship. They should not be allowed to participate in the worship services, in communion, in church family social events, nor carry any leadership role in the church. They are to be treated as tax collectors, traitors, is what a tax collector was. And to to keep company with such a person is like giving aid and comfort to the enemy. Now, no exceptions should be made, even if they're a family member or a close Friend, and this is where Christians oftentimes fail to do what the Bible tells us to do. Because oftentimes there'll be somebody who is being disciplined by the church, and there'll be somebody who is a close friend who says, who thinks that this doesn't apply to them. And so they're thinking, well, the rest of the church is disciplining my friend. I am going to keep the communication lines open so I can help them come back. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that somebody that's in discipline should be completely cut off. All lines of communication if they refuse to confess and repent of their sin. And hopefully the discomfort of being cut off of that isolation will encourage them to confess and repent from their sin. And in fact, if they do, they are welcomed back into fellowship. And if the person that's mentioned here in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 is the same person that's mentioned in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, then the discipline of the church was effective because that person wanted to come back, and Paul had to tell the church, let him back into fellowship. You see, sin spreads like a cancer, like yeast through a batch of dough. And that's why it's so important for churches and church families to deal with sin in their midst. One bad apple can spoil the whole, the whole lot. One egg gone bad can spoil the omelet. One believer gone bad can spoil the church. Verse 10, not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral or the greedy or swindlers or idolaters. In that case, you would have to leave this world. So apparently, the believers in Corinth had ceased interacting with the sinners of their community, but continued interacting with the one who was in sin in their fellowship. And as the apostle points out, that he he could not have possibly meant what they thought he meant, because in order to accomplish it, it would mean space travel. You'd have to leave this world. And space travel hadn't been invented for another 2,000 years, so he couldn't possibly have meant what they thought that he meant. So what did he mean? Well, what Jesus prayed for his church in John chapter 17, it's a prayer we call the high priestly prayer because Jesus is our high priest. In John chapter 17, verse 15, Jesus says this, My prayer is not that you take them, 
speaking of us, out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. So Jesus never asked God to take us out of the world. He just asked that we be protected while we're in this world. Why are we in this world? Well, Jesus said in his Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And salt bears influence when it's in contact with whatever it's supposed to bear influence with. And light bears witness to the truth. And so we as believers are to influence our culture, our society, by bearing witness to the truth. Well, that witness is hard to accomplish when we find ourselves witnessing against the very thing you and I as believers in Christ are to witness. This has been Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno, continuing our journey through 1 Corinthians. Questions about the program, today's study, or if you would like to know more about Church of the Highlands right here in San Bruno. As always, a great place to start is our website, highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Thank you for spending a few minutes of your time with us today. We trust we'll see you tomorrow as we close out the week here on Study Verse by Verse with Leighton Sheely. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.